Whether we're talking about the fear of failure or anything else holding you back, confidence is the key to unleashing your power. Welcome to Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. Join our conversations with fierce female leaders and explore how you can become more confident. Welcome to episode four, Be the Change, sponsored by New Renew Brand Marketing. Welcome, welcome everyone. Okay, Liv, I thought this week we could start out talking about one of our favorite female role models, Michelle Obama, yeah. because she recently said something at a leadership summit that really resonated with me. She said, leadership is bravery, it's courage, it's sacrifice, it's strength that has no race, no gender, it has no income, it has no nationality, no religion. It's there in so many of us. And that really resonated with me because yeah. I think too many people people um, have a narrow view of what a leader looks like. Yeah, you're so right. That quote is so powerful. And Michelle Obama is so inspiring. I remember earlier this year when we actually got to meet her. I'll never was, forget it. It was amazing. And it was only for like a couple, like a quick moment. But, you know, she gave me a hug, which was... She hugged me too. Yeah, it was a surreal <laughs> experience. I'll never wash the sweater. <laughs> but, um, you know, she just exuded this warmth and charisma and positivity and confidence. And it just really made me realize that we're missing so much if we like exclude women and people of color and other minority groups from the role of a leader. Absolutely. And that's why we're hosting this podcast to shine a light on some truly extraordinary women and to spark conversation and personal discovery on how we can feel more confident. So let's get to it with yeah. today's guest. All right. So Senator Bergstein was elected in 2018 to the 36th district in Connecticut. She's the first woman ever to be elected to this position wow. and the first Democrat in 88 years. That's impressive. <laughs> She's a corporate lawyer and advocate for women, children, and the environment. She's a PhD candidate in environmental law at Yale and a proud mom of three children. Welcome to Confident Senator Bergstein. Thank you so much for having me. Excited and, to be here. And welcome Daisy. Yeah, you're <laughs> can, you, can you tell our, lis our listeners about Daisy? Oh, Daisy's my two and a half year old golden retriever who's with me today. Very quiet. Yeah. I can tell you that she is adorable. Thank you. <laughs> so, Senator Bergstein, can you tell us a little bit about your background and when and why you decided to run for office? Sure. Um, well, you covered it really well. I was a corporate lawyer, and then I was an environmental activist for about 15 years, and I ran nonprofits, and I started nonprofits, also in gender equality. That was a main focus of mine. And so I had been a citizen advocate, and I had gone to mm -hmm. Hartford and seen how the legislature works there, and I was very frustrated mm -hmm. with what I saw. And this was before the 2016 election. Then that happened, and the urgency just increased. I knew that we needed better representation. We needed more women in office. So I spent months trying to recruit other people to run, because I had no interest right. in being in the public eye. But, uh, but no one wanted to do it, and everyone said, why don't you do it? And so it got to that point where I had to decide if I would face my own fears about being in the public and have the courage to run, and I decided I had to do it, and I did. And once I jumped in, I actually loved it. And so this, I love the quote that you had by Michelle Obama, because leadership is courage, and... Um, Another quote by Nelson Mandela is that courage is not the absence of fear, but the yeah. triumph over it. I yeah, I love that quote. Yeah. Right. So. so so, do you consider your call 
to serve as yeah. part of the whole pink wave. Can you speak to that? How, I mean, there are more, so many more women after 2016 decided to run for government are now in office, um, thankfully, mm -hmm. and just kind of talk about that that trend? I think it's fantastic that more women are running, and that is part of my mission is to encourage other women to run, mm -hmm. um, because I think women often self-select out. We think, mm -hmm. well, we're not qualified enough, or, you know, this might impact my family. Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're always thinking about other people and how we're going to affect other people, and by doing that, we um, select out right. of the public yeah. debate and positions of power, and we really can't do that because... I think that we are the sort of the moral leaders of our um, society and we have to yeah. really step into the game and have a seat at the table and be the chair of the committee <laughs> right. and the yeah. president right. and the vice right. president, whatever it is, really be in strong leadership roles to be the change that yeah. we want to see. Right. And, and we still need more. I mean, we're, yeah, now we're 20, 25% of our government is women, but we need more. We're 50% of the voters, so. Yeah. Well, I love Ruth Bader Ginsburg's quote when she yeah. was asked, how many yeah. women be enough on the Supreme Court? When there are no. nine. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. And speaking of this change in representation, our topic today is Be the Change, which is inspired by one of our favorite quotes, Be the Change You Want to See in the World. Um, specifically, what change are you advocating for? Well, I want to see a lot of change, but yeah. I would um, crystallize it by saying I want to see politics be about good governance, mm -hmm. yeah. not about political party, not about any labels whatsoever, mm -hmm. but just a healthy competition of good ideas because I want the best yeah. ideas yeah. to win. I don't want it to be about, you know, mudslinging or fake facts or mm -hmm. anything else. I think people are sick and tired of that. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's really atrocious what has yeah. happened to our public discourse, but we can self-correct. And I think it's by stepping into the ring and also redefining the rules of engagement so that we only talk about real facts and we yeah. only talk about real solutions and we don't waste our time pointing fingers and blaming other people. We just get to work and be the change. Yeah, that's so true. And so as a young person in this country, you know, obviously I'm observing this like current political climate and mm. I want to get involved, but I don't really know how. So how do you encourage or like, what do you tell young people who want to get civically engaged and advocate for change? Oh, I, first of all, I'm so excited to meet young people who do <laughs> yeah. want to be yeah. engaged because there's so much you can do. And what I have observed uh, in this one year of being in office and also my 15 years as an mm -hmm. advocate is the most powerful way to be heard and to um, create political will towards change is actually to demonstrate publicly. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll just give you a for instance. Uh, two high school seniors, uh, both girls, came mm -hmm. to me recently in Greenwich about an issue um, and they had a solution and I said this is a great idea, let's do this. Create a, a network, a a uh, network of students across the state, and they did that within just a few weeks by reaching wow. out on social media, and they connected with other girls who felt passionately about this issue. They had held a rally um, in New Haven Green, mm -hmm. and then the news media came, and this is how a handful yeah. of students, 16, 17, 18 years old, took an issue, brought it to my attention, but then they elevated yeah. it by using social media and media so awareness. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is yeah. how 
change. I mean, I'll just give you another for instance. The plastic bag ban, which we're very yeah. proud yeah, of, yeah. that was enacted in one year. I mean, nothing gets passed in one yeah. year in this state, yeah. but that did. And the way it happened was because uh, the advocates who actually originated in Greenwich created a statewide network, mm -hmm. a coalition, and they used advocacy tools to elevate this um, in mm -hmm. the public dialogue. Mm -hmm. That's how change happens. Yeah. So you guys are actually yeah. the masters of <laughs> right. social media. It's so yeah. And, and so the young people know digital marketing yes. and digital communications better than yeah. anyone else. And organizing rallies. And yeah. rallies can be right. really, they should be, I think, really positive and inspiring. It's not, a, they shouldn't be negative. Yeah. Right. And I want to talk about that a little more because you've been, since in such a short time, such an incredible advocate for girls and women. And you've advocated for several bills that support women and girls, mm -hmm. including you held the passage of Connecticut Time's Up sexual harassment bill. And you're currently championing the bill you just mentioned to provide menstrual products in every public middle and high school in the state. That's Can you just awesome. talk more about that and why this is so important? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, this was, so the fact is, and I didn't know this until the students brought it to my attention, that 20% of girls uh, in our state and also nationwide miss school regularly yeah. because they cannot afford feminine hygiene products. They can't afford tampons. It's um, it's actually really a crime that mm -hmm. this is yeah. taking place because we all know when anybody disengages from school, they obviously are at a great disadvantage. Their their potential is derailed. Their potential for economic self sufficiency is derailed. This is it's not only bad for them individually; it's bad for us as a society. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so these girls in Greenwich actually got um, an ordinance passed by the Board of Ed requiring um, free tampon products in the middle and upper school bathrooms. I did a projection of the numbers. Mm -hmm. If we could do this across the state, it would actually be the most cost-effective, highest impact way to retain mm -hmm. students and um, and have them fulfill their, their academic potential. So I'm working on that and reaching out to organizations, foundations, to see if they would be interested in sponsoring it because this is a basic public health, mm -hmm. public education mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. And this is so exciting, Senator. And studies show that women legislators sponsor more bills and pass mm -hmm. more laws that benefit women and put more money back into their districts. So we're, we're so grateful yeah. for your advocacy. Um, I also love that the research shows that an increase in women in office can inspire more young women to run for office. And I have a great story that recently we hosted a leadership summit with 100 middle school girls, and our keynote speaker was State Representative Caroline Simmons. Mm -hmm. And before she spoke, we asked the group of girls, how many of you would consider running for office one day? And out of 100 girls, maybe three raised her hand. Yeah. And then Representative Simmons got up and she rocked the show and she, with her high energy and enthusiasm talked about the change that she's making for the state. And afterwards, we asked the same question again, how many of you would consider running for office? And almost every hand in the room went right. up. And that's the power yeah, yeah. and impact of role models such as yourself. It's incredible. Yeah, thank you. Well, it is. It is important to see ourselves represented in government. Right. And also then, once people are elected, to hold them accountable and right. to make sure that they're really doing what they say they're doing and that they're really using their position to um, to affect change and not just going along with the tide or saying, well, you know, we'll have to wait till next year or right. something right. along those lines. 
Yeah, you know, just about that, you know, bringing change. I think that another important discussion that we need to have is about the F word, uh, feminism, of oh. course. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that in my personal experience, there are, of course, um, peers of mine who are feminists and they're proud to, you know, champion that cause. But I've also met many young women who... Want, who they t they'll tell me that they want equality. They're all in favor of that, but they do not consider themselves feminists. Mm. And so because of the negative connotation, yes, yeah, because they think you know, you know, you know. There's people who, as soon as you say, "Oh, I'm a feminist," they'll call you, "Oh, you're a feminazi," you mm. know. And there's just a negative culture that you know kind of starts out as a joke, but it kind of evolves into something that's very toxic mm -hmm. um, in terms of the progress of equality. And so is any insight, how can yeah. we change this culture that has evolved? Well, I, I think your, your observation is exactly yeah. accurate. Something that starts out as a mean joke yeah. and then um, whatever, because of social pressure mm -hmm. or peer influence becomes pervasive and then people yeah. are afraid to say it. I think what we need to do is reclaim that mm -hmm. term because... Mm -hmm. Feminism is the opposite of sexism. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone says, well, I'm not a feminist, then what's the alternative? Yeah. You're a sexist? Yeah. That's really the only alternative. So if somebody believes that women are of equal value to men, they are feminists. Mm -hmm. In feminism, the problem is that um, people, some people would like to pretend that feminism is anti-male. Yeah. It is not anti-male. Because actually, there are women who are sexist too mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. practice sexism mm -hmm. yeah. they may not even realize it mm -hmm. so the enemy is not one gender or the other the enemy is sexism in mm -hmm. general and uh, stereotypes that are gender based yeah. and and behaviors and laws that are also gender based mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so let's explore that theme yeah. a little bit more the stereotypes that are gender based so mm -hmm. one for example women are hysterical mm -hmm. um we can throw out a bunch but um in general there is what they call a double bind in leadership for women mm -hmm. whereby women are viewed as either likable or competent but rarely both mm -hmm. um and i'm just curious to get your perspective on that like if you experienced that during your campaign trail if so how you navigated that and in general mm -hmm. just how we go about navigating those gender stereotypes I mean, I experience sexism every day. Yeah. I think we all do. And it's really incumbent upon us to recognize it and to call it out. So I've been in situations, for instance, at the Capitol where a very senior administration you know, staff person was talking about my bill, my bill that I introduced, but mm -hmm. he wouldn't look me in the eye. He would only talk to my male colleague mm -hmm. sitting next yes. to me. Mm -hmm. And I finally said to him, my male colleague doesn't know the bill because it's my bill. Yeah. So if you have questions about mm -hmm. it, yeah. please look at me and ask me. Okay. And he got all huffy and mm -hmm. stormed off. Yeah. But you know what? Then later on, cooled off and, you know, and he, um, and he basically came back and, and apologized. So I think if we, what I think another mistake women make a lot is that we just, it comes from a good place. We don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't want conflict. We want everyone to, you know, feel good. So we end up sort of uh, allowing things to be said and done because we don't want to um, upset mm -hmm. anyone. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a way, and I try to do this, force myself to call it yeah. out in a way that's not um, 
insulting or mean. It's compassionate. And you can say something like, I'm sure you don't realize the effect of what you're saying, but what you're saying mm-hmm. to me is that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not competent enough to, to draft this bill. <laughs> right. You're assuming yeah. that only a man could have done this. Right. So that's the kind of thing we need to practice every day and recognize um, that we are all we are all conditioned at a very deep level with sexist patriarchal mm-hmm. norms. And, um, and the more we can recognize it in ourselves and in others and call it out and change our own behaviors, the more we'll correct our system. Right, yeah. right. I love that. And yeah. I mean, we need to do that every single day, interrupt the gender bias. Yes. And there's mm-hmm. powerful examples, like the six-year-old girl recently who wrote and requested why they're for female army soldiers or the 13-year-old girl that wrote Nike and asked for female basketball shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so speak out, interrupt the bias. Exactly. And that's how we are going to make this a more positive culture yeah. going forward. Or last night when I was at a Veterans Day memorial, which was lovely, and the gentleman who was speaking was talking about our men in service, our men in service, mm. our male yeah. veterans, and that's fine because he was from that era, but I, when I had a chance to speak, I made <laughs> a point of saying, woman. and yeah. the two million female yeah. veterans, 20% of our armed services are now women. So we have to recognize that yeah. too. So just, you know, in nice but um, strong ways calling it out. Right, yeah. right. I love that. Yeah. Such an important discussion. So, Senator Bergstein, we are getting to the end of our podcast, and we always love to end with some fun questions so our listeners can learn a little bit more about you. So we're going to do a speed round of questions, if you're willing to play. (laughs) And by the way, Daisy is sleeping and being so quiet. I'm so proud. She's very well behaved. Okay, so you want to start, Lev? All right. Which historical figure do you most identify with? Ooh, Eleanor Roosevelt. What is your most treasured possession? Uh, depends how you define possession. Daisy is <laughs> my most treasured non-person. <laughs> All right. What is one of your guilty pleasures? Oh, ice cream. Mm. Oh, flavor. <laughs> my yeah, favorite flavor. <laughs> I love chocolate. Um, what do you most value in your friends? Um, I most value open-mindedness mm-hmm. and yeah. open-heartedness. People yeah. who are open to new ideas, new perspectives, mm-hmm. and the possibilities yeah. of mm-hmm. the universe. <laughs> if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, uh, the ability to be in multiple places at the same time. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. possible. Yeah. For a busy senator, that would be yeah. a, yeah. True, yeah. a gift indeed. Okay, and then to wrap up, we do a segment, I'll Have What She's Having. And so we'd love to know, what are you reading right now? Oh, I'm reading a wonderful book called The Overstory. It's a Pulitzer Prize um, novel about trees. Actually, I have a tremendous passion for trees, but it's so beautifully written. It's a real literary masterpiece. What are you watching right now? Watching on yeah. TV? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, if you, okay, if you, can, if you have the superpower to replicate yourself, what would your other self be watching while you were working? Oh, I don't really, have, I don't really watch anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than news and uh, the debates, yeah. and I'm going to watch the proceedings tomorrow, the impeachment mm-hmm. hearings. So that's pretty much what I do. And then I hear from other people what they're watching. <laughs> you live vicariously through yes. others. Who is inspiring you right now? Oh, lots of people are inspiring me. Um, Megan Rapinoe, I love oh, her. Yeah. We were just looking at a picture yeah. of her before you I came love her. in. Yeah. She's amazing. 
but lots of lots of people. Um, you know, women who who use whatever platform they have, and even yeah. if it's just talking to a neighbor, anybody who has the courage to talk about what's important to them mm-hmm. and to share their perspective in a way that opens other people's um, view right. of mm-hmm. the world. I think that courage and openness is what yeah. inspires me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Senator Bergstein, mm-hmm. for sharing your story and your perspective with us. Um, so we'd just like to say to our listeners, if, if we'd love to hear from you as well, if you have a topic or a role model that you'd like us to feature in the future, um, please email us at confident at golivegirl.org. That's go, L-I-V-E, girl.org. And hey, can we ask you a favor? If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and review our podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. And I'm Sherry. And I'm Olivia. And we hope that you feel more confident after today's episode. And this week, we're going to leave you with a challenge to be the change that you want to see in the world. So look around. Do you see something not right at your school, at your workplace, or in your local community? If so, then be the change and make it right. Right.